You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Return of the Historic Faith. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson, and Today we will be continuing our study on the transformation of Israel in the New Covenant. We're going to be picking up today right where we left off yesterday, and I hope you guys were able to listen to part one in this study that we did yesterday. I'm going to give a brief overview of what we covered yesterday before we jump into the rest of the study today, but I want to apologize for the sound quality in yesterday's podcast. I was using a a new microphone that I, I got a couple of months ago that is made specifically for live streaming using a telephone or podcasting using a telephone. I uh, bought it for the times when I needed to record or stream from my telephone and the microphone actually works pretty good, and, you know, for people who stream on their phone and that's their only option, it's, you know, it, it's really good. It, it's a good piece of technology. However, sometimes um, the microphone can put static through and it can not sound the greatest simply because of the static. The sound quality of of the mic is actually very good, but that static does come through sometimes. So I made sure that today I'm using my my studio uh, equipment, my good microphone, and hopefully there will be no sound issues. Now, yesterday... We began literally at the very beginning with Genesis. We looked at the reason why God had to choose a people out of the nations for himself to begin with. Um, We looked at the way humanity was before the fall. How man and woman was created perfect, and they were able to have, um, you know, uh, they were able to have fellowship with God. They were able to walk with God in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, they saw God, talked with God, they had a relationship with God. But because of their sin, they not only fell and took on the curse of death, but they were forever separated from their creator. And it was this separation, this event, the fall, that created the need for God to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to 
reconcile mankind back to him. And it was because of this, to bring Jesus Christ into the world, that God chose a people for. You know, I said yesterday, in towards the beginning of the episode, that oftentimes, you know, we say it so much, talking about Israel, you know, as God's chosen people, they're chosen, they are God's chosen. We say chosen so much that we take for granted what we're saying and we never stop to think chosen for what what were they chosen for and so we looked at that yesterday and we looked at the scriptures that showed that they were chosen out of the nations and first before they before there was Israel as a chosen people God um chose Abraham to make a covenant with. And God did not choose Abraham. We looked at this yesterday. God didn't choose Abraham because of his race, because he was a superior race because of his blood or his ethnicity. No. When we see this in the book of Hebrews and also in the book of Genesis, God chose Abraham because of his righteousness and his faith. And when God made the covenant with Abraham, it was not like the covenant he made at Mount Sinai with Moses and the children of Israel, the Mosaic covenant. We also looked at that yesterday, the two different types of covenants that we see in the Bible. We looked at the biblical definition of what a covenant is, and we looked at the way the Abrahamic covenant, the original covenant God made with Abraham, was not like the covenant made with the children of Israel. The Mosaic covenant was a Um, It was a covenant that was conditional. It was a conditional covenant. And the original Abrahamic covenant was an everlasting covenant that was not based on conditions. It was a promise forever from God to Abraham. And it was made with Abraham while he was a Gentile. Abraham was a Gentile. When the covenant was made with him, his name was not even Abraham. His name was Abram. And you see that covenant in uh, Genesis chapter 12. That's the chapter where God promises Abram that he will bless those who bless him and he will curse those who curse him. Now that scripture is often used by people Uh, and used to show that God was saying this about Israel, that people misquote this as talking about Israel, that that God blesses those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. This is the reason why um, most of the uh, denominational... Christian churches in America are so supportive of the geopolitical nation of Israel in the Middle East and why they believe America has been so successful and grown so powerful because they believe God is blessing America because America has always been allies and blessed Israel and that if we ever were to, and I say we as, you know, just because it's the country I happen to live in, um, not because I consider myself a part of it, but people, I've heard many say from the pulpit that if America turns its back on the geopolitical nation of Israel in the Middle East, then God will curse us. But the truth is, that is not what the Bible says, 
And that promise was made to Abraham in the original Abrahamic covenant. Now, we also looked at how the covenant with Israel that God made, the Mosaic covenant, how it was conditional and we looked at the blessings and curses of the covenant in um, Deuteronomy. Um, there, those for anyone who did not hear yesterday's episode, you can go back and listen to it. But um, I, I can tell you really quick that those blessings and curses are found in Deuteronomy uh, chapter twenty-eight. The blessings are found in verses. 1 through 4, and then the curses are found in verses 15 through 68. Now, that's a big difference. There are many more curses in the conditions of the covenant than there are blessings. And we know that both the nation of the kingdom of Israel and Judah both broke the covenant with God. They were um, not faithful to God. They fornicated with other gods. They committed adultery with false gods. And they worshipped the idols of the nations. And because of that, and because of how wicked the northern kingdom of Israel was, God literally divorced them completely. And through the nation of Assyria, they were scattered all throughout the nations of the world forever, so much so that they literally, for all intents and purposes, became Gentiles once more. I mean, you think about it, they were scattered throughout every nation on the earth to interbreed and marry and have children with different ethnicities for thousands of years. So by today there is literally people want to talk about the uh, lost tribes of Israel um, and people want to take the the scriptures in Revelation 14 and Revelation 7 literally having to do with the 144,000 but unfortunately it's impossible it's impossible because those tribes those people don't exist anymore they've I mean there is no uh, people group from those tribes. They've all been mixed with the nations of the world. And this was the case in Jesus' day. I mean, one good instance is the Samaritans. You know, the Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jews because they were mixed with the Gentiles. Well, that is nowhere near as much as the other tribes, how much they have been mixed with Gentile nations and bloodlines. And friends, also in Jesus' day, the, the Gentile nations, the Gentile peoples that had come into the Roman Empire from every corner of the world had people from all of the 12 tribes. That's why we see the regathering of Israel in the New Covenant with the Jews and the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of the house of Israel came from the Gentile nations. These Jews were mixed in with the gent I mean not Jews I apologize Jews are uh, from the tribe of Judah or 
more accurately from the southern kingdom of Judah, which was made up of people, men and women, from the tribes of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin, and of course, the tribe of Levi. But the um, people from the rest of the tribes, they were scattered throughout the other nations, and they literally were the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the Jews in Christ, the Jews who believed on Christ, as well as those from the lost sheep of the house of Israel, who were now Gentiles who believed on Christ, they all came together in the new covenant as the Israel of God. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. We will get there um, before the episode's over. I don't want to jump ahead. Um, We ended yesterday looking at um, the book of John. Um, We looked at... Actually, we looked at Matthew chapter 21 Jesus tells the parable of the husbandman in the vineyard how he lent the vineyard out to um, to um, uh, I'm trying to remember the word the scripture uses give me just a second I'm going to pull the, the verse up in front of me I want to read it. Um, Jesus says, All right, here it is. Matthew 21, 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, and he hedged it round about, and he digged a wine press in it, and he built a tower, and he let it out to husbandmen. And he went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants, beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. And again, he sent more servants than he did the first. And they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come and let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they called him and cast him out of the vineyard, and they slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? And of course Jesus was talking to the Jews then, and he was telling a parable about Israel, about the people of Israel, how God sent his servants through the judges and the prophets unto them, and they killed the prophets, and he sent more prophets, and they killed those prophets. And then eventually God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, they killed him as well. And Jesus let them know that he was talking about them. And Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. So Jesus literally tells us that the kingdom of God is going to be taken from the physical nation of Israel. It will no longer be the physical nation of Israel who will be God's chosen people. Now, that doesn't mean that people from the physical nation of Israel cannot be a part of God's chosen people. 
no, it doesn't. It, it, it just means that the people of God, the chosen, the, the kingdom of God, the nation of Israel, will be transformed. God is taking it from the physical to the spiritual. Jesus told Pilate when he was on trial, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, then my servants would fight so that I may not be delivered to the Jews. Now, Jesus is our king and his kingdom is not of this world. Therefore, our kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, with the city as its capital city, the new Jerusalem, is our kingdom, spiritual Israel, the Israel of God. And we're going to start today off. That was everything we went over yesterday. We're going to pick up today where we left off, and we're going to pick up in the book of John, chapter 3. Now, we actually, I think we may have um, touched on this scripture yesterday, but if we did, then it was just at the very end, and we didn't go through it much. But we're going to be in John chapter 3, in verse 5. And Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here. And what he says to Nicodemus lets us know that in the new covenant, it makes no difference what ethnicity you were born as. It doesn't matter if you were born as a Jew doesn't matter if you were born as a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you were born black or born white or born male or born female because Jesus says here, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Jesus tells us right here that unless a man is born of water and spirit, then he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, which is Israel, God's chosen people. You cannot be a part of the Israel of God if you are born uh, only of the flesh. And every one of us is born of the flesh when we are born the first time from our mothers but that's not enough regardless it does not matter if you were born in Jerusalem Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit marvel not that I said unto thee that ye must be born again So, again, it does not matter what we were born as because whenever we come to Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of our lives, once we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, then regardless of what we were originally born as, we are then born again. Again, as a new creation, we are born again as the sons and daughters of God. And just like the scripture in which we looked at yesterday and uh, in Jeremiah that we're also going to look at again today in the book of Hebrews, God prophesied in the Old Testament through the prophet Jeremiah that a day would come when he would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And it would not be like the covenant he made with Moses, but it would be a new, better covenant. And he would put his laws in our hearts. He would be our God and we would be his people. And that is exactly 
what he did. Jesus Christ came to implement the new covenant. He brought in the new covenant. He made the covenant with all those who would believe on his name. Now I want to go now and look in we're going to remain in the book of John and turn to John chapter 8 beginning in verse 39. Jesus says here well actually before Jesus we've got a I want to go up a little further. Um, we've got the Jews here, and they um, Jesus is talking to them, and um, I want to, let's see right here. Then Jesus said unto them, "I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall." Die in your sins, because whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself, because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come? And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, and I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spoke to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make ye free. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus then said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, 
for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth, I mean, yeah, convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews, and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory, there is one that seeketh and judges. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets likewise. And thou sayest, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who makest thou thyself? And Jesus answered them, If I honor myself, then my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, then I shall be a liar, like you. But I know him, and I keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself, and he went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now we see here in John chapter 8 that... Jesus is speaking to the Jews and the things that he says are extremely telling. And I would say that everything that Jesus says here to the Jews are the very same no matter who or what ethnicity someone is that is reading those words. That applies, the same applies to anyone regardless of their ethnicity. It's not they it's not because they were Jews that Jesus told them that they were of their father the devil. He would have said the same had they been Romans. It was because of their unbelief and their rejection of him that caused Jesus to tell them that they were of their father, the devil. But Jesus further shows here that it is belief in him and keeping his commandments, his sayings, entering the kingdom of heaven that uh, makes the choice or decides whether or not someone is a part of the Israel of God or not. Everyone who is in Christ Jesus is a part of the Israel of God. And we're about to look at the last three scriptures here, or actually the last four passages of scripture. We've got um, some scriptures, a couple of scriptures in Romans chapter 2 we're going to look at, then Romans chapter 9, and then Hebrews chapter 8, and then we're going to end today's episode, today's Bible study with the book of Galatians chapter 3. Now, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I hope you've been following along, but 
if you don't, it's it's okay. You can uh, write the scriptures down and you can come back and you can study these things out for yourself. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn in them to the book of Romans chapter 2, beginning with verse 28. Paul is speaking here and he is writing to the, the church in Rome and he says, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now, that shows us again that, I mean, that is bold. Paul, who was a Jew by the flesh as well as a spiritual Jew, he was a part of the Israel of God as well as being born a physical Jew, says point blank that you are not a Jew just because you were born a Jew. You're not a Jew just because you're one outwardly. And the circumcision that matters, Paul says, is not the circumcision of the flesh. He then says, He is a Jew which is one inwardly. And true circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. Now, if you go up a little um, further, a little higher in the chapter of Romans 2 and you uh, let's say Romans chapter 2 is a great chapter for the new covenant and the Israel of God. Now if you want, if you have time and you want to uh start at the very beginning you can because this entire chapter is great but for time's sake we are going to begin with we're going to begin with verse 7 and no we're going to begin with verse 6 it says that uh God will render to every man according to his deeds To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first, and also the Gentile. So... It literally says here that God's going to render unto every man according to his deeds, to the Jew first, and also the Gentile. Verse 10 says, But glory, honor, and peace to every man who worketh good to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For God is no respecter of persons. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the the mean while while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, behold, thou art called a Jew, and retest in the law 
makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. As it is written, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, then thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision thus transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, and this is where it picks up in verse 28, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. Paul could not have said it more plainly that to be a true Jew, to be a part of the Israel of God, it makes no difference whether you are circumcised and are a part of physical Israel represented in this chapter by the law of Moses, the Mosaic Covenant. It makes no difference. That does not determine whether or not you are a Jew. What determines if you are a Jew or not is whether or not you have the circumcision of the heart and whether or not you have accepted Jesus Christ and been born again in the Spirit. Now, we've got uh, two more passages of Scripture, three more passages of Scripture that we're going to uh, go through, beginning with Romans chapter 9. We're going to try to read through this really quick. Paul says here, beginning in verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I wish that myself were accused from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, who are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are born of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children in the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, 
even by our father Isaac. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that sheweth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the, thing, shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay, of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he said also in O.C., I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass, that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Esaias also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be of the sand of the sea, a remnant only shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. But a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. What shall we say then? that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling block and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I think that two of the most powerful chapters in the New Testament that show that being the chosen of God comes by faith and not by birth or flesh or keeping of the law is Romans chapter 2 and Romans chapter 9. The entire book of Hebrews is awesome when it comes to the new covenant. But other than the things that Jesus taught, there are three extremely 
good, very down to the point passages of scripture. There are three chapters that I recommend to anyone who is needing ammunition in speaking with someone who has been deceived by dispensationalism or Christian Zionism or um, they are trying to speak with someone of Jewish descent or anyone who is arguing from the other side. And those chapters are Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 8, and Galatians chapter 3. We're going to go now, as a matter of fact, to the book of Galatians chapter 3. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 3. Turn with me in your Bibles if you have them. Paul says here, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that ye are now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, or the covenant made. Remember I told you guys in last in the last episode from yesterday and today that the new covenant that Jesus established is exactly like the original covenant made with Abraham. So, truthfully, there's not that much new about the New Covenant. But, verse 16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds of, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Remember, we talked about that yesterday, how the seed, was Jesus Christ. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ 
the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. So, the law of Moses that was made 430 years after the covenant with Abraham did not disannul the covenant with Abraham. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster that would bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified then by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and now there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be in Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. My friends, that says it all. That says it all. Now we're about to close this episode and finish this study but before we do we're going to look at one more chapter and that is the book of Hebrews chapter 8 we're going to go and take a look at Hebrews chapter 8 and we're going to start with verse 6 now Hebrews 8 verse 6 says but now hath he ordained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Remember, Jeremiah said that the new covenant would be a better covenant than the Mosaic covenant. Mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place should have been sought for the second. But finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. He's quoting Jeremiah 31 here. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more in that he saith a new covenant he hath made the first old now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish Verily, the first covenant had also... I'm sorry, I went a little too far. I started reading Hebrews chapter 9. 
but the entire book of Hebrews is one of my favorite books in the New Testament, and it's hard to have a favorite book in the New Testament for me, or book of the Bible for that matter, and as much as I love Bible prophecy, you know, I love the promises of God more, and I love the covenant that God made with us, allowing all people to be reconciled unto Him and be a part of the Israel of God. See, friends, I said in the beginning on the outset of this study yesterday that any time in the past when I have done an episode of the Remnant Report or preached a sermon on this subject, many times people would um, see it on YouTube or Facebook and they would comment and call me a someone who believes in replacement theology. But it's like I told a friend uh, a couple of days ago, and like I've said to people many times, replacement theology is a man-made word, and it's also a man-made doctrine. And more than that, it's a doctrine of demons. There's truly no such thing. Anything that is not the truth is a lie. And the things that I have told you today and yesterday in this Bible study, the only label you could put on them is biblical truth. That's it. But if you wanted to put a man-made label on this biblical truth, then a more accurate title and label would be not replacement theology, but transformation theology, because that is what happened. Israel was not replaced with the church, which is what replacement theology teaches. No. Israel and the church are the same thing. Israel was transformed into the church. Or, better yet, Israel was transformed from a physical people to a spiritual people. A physical people nation to a spiritual nation that includes and is open to all people. But truthfully, friends, Israel has always been open to all people, even in the Old Testament. Gentiles could come and join the nation of Israel. They just had to um, be obedient to the law, be circumcised, and do all the things that the law stated outsiders or goyim had to do in order to become a part of Israel. They could also marry. A woman could marry a Israelite man. And their children would not be half-breeds. They would be Israelites. So Israel has always been open to everyone. It's still open to everyone. However, the way you enter Israel is not by becoming circumcised and keeping the law. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. That is the only way to join Israel, to come and be a part of the Israel of God. To enter into the kingdom of heaven and be a citizen of New Jerusalem. Friends, it is truly, truly my wish for you and my prayer that you would be a part of the Israel of God, that you would 
receive Jesus Christ and become one of the chosen people of God that's possible for you regardless of what you were born as, what ethnicity you were born originally. Brothers and sisters, that is all the time that we have today. I thank you so much for listening in to this study on the transformation of Israel in the New Covenant. And until next time for Kingdom Productions and Return of the Historic Faith, I am Pastor Jeremy Anderson saying God bless you all, grace and peace. Thank you.